Thanks, Steve. That was CBS 34's Steve Smith reporting from CDC headquarters. Next on your 9 o'clock Atlanta news update, it's sports. Sports. What's the sport that has everyone talking these days? Is it baseball? Is it hockey? No, it's soccer. A sport made popular in Europe and embraced by half-empty stadiums across most of the United States. America's premier soccer league, Major League Soccer, had its conference finals this weekend. And one team that's making waves, soccer waves, is Atlanta's own, the United FC, who beat the New York Red Bulls 3-0. To discuss that game is resident soccer expert Colin O'Donnell. Thanks, Nick. Happy to be here for once. What was that? Oh, oh, nothing. And for balance, we also have Atlanta United skeptic Notch Karnick. Balance? Thanks, Nick. Let me say it's a pleasure to be on your show. Wait, you have a skeptic? So, Colin, Atlanta United, they won that game decisively. What was their key to success? Well, New York abandoned the press that had really defined their season, but Atlanta just brought their vaunted attack, and they were on fire. You had Joseph Martinez back to his poaching ways right in front of goal. I was really impressed with how their wingbacks, Franco Escobar in particular, overlapping, finding their way into the box, getting shots off. Jeff Lorenowitz in the center. Not was just sure. a what are your thoughts? Well, Nick, I'm not sure it's really that simple. Goals have been scored in Atlanta for many years. Why are we now saying that they're being scored by Atlanta United? I think it's a matter of money. There's just too much money involved in the narrative that Colin over there is pushing. What proof do we have that Atlanta scored those goals over the weekend? Wait, proof? Mm. That's a a very intriguing question there, Notch. Colin, I'd like to hear you respond to that. Respond to the idea that Atlanta scored? I mean, we saw it on TV. Well, the mainstream sports media on television is a well-known pro-Atlanta United bias. Two years ago, nobody was talking about them, and now every time we hear about Atlanta, they seem to be winning. Is it realistic to even think that a team that good exists? I don't think so. I think we have to be skeptical about what we're shown on TV and ask if Atlanta United is actually a team in this world. Mm, Very good point there, Notch. No, 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 it's not. Colin, what evidence do we have that Atlanta United actually exists? Evidence? I'm... There's that giant stadium with 30... There's 70,000 fans in there. There's... There's the... Dudes running around with the five stripes on their jerseys, the the stupid railroad spike at the beginning of games. I mean, there's, all, that's there's all, plenty. It's all manufactured by the soccer industrial complex as part of a wider systematic deception. When you cut through the liberal lies, there is no Atlanta United FC. You, you are insane. Am I? Am I, Colin? Or am I just a man who is awake, who sees what you don't want to see, who sees what they don't want us to see? We'll talk about it later in the episode. You always say that. You always say that. <coughs> Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. Caleb's out this week. Atlanta take the bull by the horns. Bayern aren't blessed by Fortuna. And Madrid turn out to not be the Real Deal. <laughs> Is it bad to talk about our sketches right after we do them? Like, is it like kind of going to a party, taking a video on a party, and then showing all our friends, man, that party was great, watch this video. <laughs> like, because I really want to talk about that sketch. Is this the sort of thing that I'm supposed to yes and, or? <laughs> I think you can do whatever you want. Okay, uh, yes and, we shouldn't <laughs> also talk about, <laughs> no, it's totally fine to be talking about our awesome sketches. Yeah, well, I mean, it just irritates me that in this day and age, folks who deny climate change are actually getting a medium anywhere. And I mean, really, it's 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 literally like going on the news and being like, yeah, that game that happened, it didn't. But, but it did. Exactly. Like, there were... Okay, fine. The Atlanta game did not actually have New York journalists at it, apparently, but usually there are multiple reports of these games happening. Like at least 95% of the journalistic community will say that this game existed. 
And I mean, the climate change stuff is starting to scare the living crap out of me. Like, to the point where I'm wondering whether I'll, like, be there for the end of society as we know it. Just because of, like, rampant weather change. I mean, it's not a fantasy anymore. Like, we've had dire warnings now from the UN, from the White House itself, actually, except for one person in there. But everyone else seems to be, you know, saying, yeah, be afraid. And there's a certain feeling of helplessness, too, because, like, most of this, the, the carbon monoxide in the air is produced by all the shipping companies sending their ships around the world, which I'm also a proponent of trade. I like trade. So what the hell are we going to do? I like traveling. I, I'm not going to be able to fly planes anymore. Wait, uh, you, you fly planes? Uh, y- yeah, uh, badly. It, I'm a learner, you know, like it's it's I'm learning on the job. Like, you know how they have that saying, like building a plane as you fly it? Well, I'm learning to fly a plane as I fly it. At least you're not learning to fly it as you build it. Yeah. OK, well, we should probably get off subjects that scare the shit out of me and move on to things that just disappoint me a little bit. Uh, and we, we, yeah, 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 sure. Okay, all right. Well, this week, listener, we have a special uh, segment that comes around once a year, much like the, I was going to say the Equinox, but those come around twice a year. Uh, (laughs) Even leap years don't come around once a year. They come around every four years. What's something that's annual, man? Um... Thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you. Like like Thanksgiving, this segment comes around once a year. So here it is a bountiful feast, no less. Yeah, there you go. Special annual segment. Turn down for cuts. 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 And turn down for cuts. We talk about all the players that have just lost their jobs. You sound so optimistic about that. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. Um, I'm just playing the character like one of those Fox News commentators who was like, the best part of Thanksgiving was watching these, referee, these refugees get tear gassed. Actual quote from a commentator I'm not going to mention. The following Minnesota United players have had their options declined and thus will not have a job with this team anymore. You think they got them all in the room and tear gassed them? Like, and they all just scattered. I mean, they didn't need it after Jerry's video. That's true. He did. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Let's talk about that for a moment because, all right. So, we had a bunch of Minnesota United players get removed from the roster. Let's let's talk about the two big ones that are going to dominate our focus. And then... I mean, Harrison Heath and Johan Venegas are, I mean, obviously the ones on our mind foremost... Uh, so we, we really should dedicate most of the next half hour to talking about them. But uh, no, we're obviously talking about Jerry Tiasan, and I don't know who the second person, maybe you're indulging my Ibsen hype. but uh, I, I am actually. Oh, thank you. I was actually going to let you off the hook. I wasn't going to go all pro-Ibsen pro, pro Ibsonity today. But um, I was going to tamp down the Ibsonity with some positive memories, though. Okay, well, that's good. I... Will say it that I am sad to see Ibsen go, but he's done his his you know he's he's given his shift. He's done what he had to do here. I appreciated him while he was there, and uh, that's about it for for you know Ibsen. I'm not I'm not gonna like sit here crying, but I will sit here crying about Jerry Tiasan, who was also cut today. Friend of the pod, friend of the pod. Yep, he did come in and do a live, uh, not a live episode, but an interview with us last year, which you should go and listen to. It's just a blast to to record. And every single time I've bumped into him, um, he's just been the best. Like, the man is a glowing personality. It's wonderful. If you looked at his smile and thought to yourself, man, I wonder what that guy is actually like. He is like that smile. He is that smile in real life. And then he like releases a farewell video, which who does that? First of all, secondly, he comes and he he, like is genuinely in tears the whole time saying goodbye to us. I I have not confirmed this, but if you look in the background, I'm pretty sure he might have done that right as he got out of his meeting saying that his option was declined because uh, I don't know about that. It is in the experience center. Like that's what's definitely is in there. Yeah. Like. Uh, why else would he have been back there? Like, I mean, he might have been collecting his, finishing up his paperwork or whatever. Hey, I don't want to speculate on like what he was doing, but he, he just, everything about that was so sad and awful, and but also everything that's great and pure about Jerry Tia's own. 
Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to going and seeing him play wherever he ends up next. Um, maybe Switzerland. I don't know. Maybe he'll go to India and play in the uh, I-League or something. I don't know. Uh, I would love to watch I mean, him play live again. He should be playing ISL instead of I-League. Hey, let's not start that fight, okay? Uh, all right. We, we promised Caleb that the two of us were going to play nice today and not fight. And uh, I think we should stick to that. Indian soccer league politics should be left aside just this once, Colin. Okay. Hey, speaking okay. of which, uh, we, we didn't mention at the top of the show, Caleb isn't here because he's sick and uh, hopefully he gets better. See, people stay home sometimes when they're sick and don't come to record a podcast and get everyone else sick. You say that like I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of guys that uh, we like or don't like, Mark Birch, Matt Lampson, Fernando Bob, Colin Warner, Bertrand Oundieko, Pang Up Camp, Maximiano, Alexi Gomez, all gone, uh, including uh, Harrison Heath and Johan Venegas mentioned before as well. I Let's go popcorn back and forth. Quick one word answer when you think of each of these guys that got released. Mark Birch, go. Tired. Matt Lampson, go. Good. Human being? You said one word. No, I, I was asking for clarification. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Good human yeah. being? Just cool. good. Just generally good. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, Fernando Bob. Bob. Colin Warner. Sturdy. I don't know why that's the word I think Miss of. Miss Speller. You got it wrong. <laughs> Bertrand Woundy Echo. Who? Franz Pangup. Panga Party. Alex Cap. Who? Harrison Heath. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> you want, mate? Uh, oh, no, no, I should say out. <laughs> <laughs> Johan Venegas. Uh, he's still here? Maximiano. Uh, Minimiano. Alexi Gomez. Out of here. How, how do I do? What, how many um, points did I get there? Did I go to the next round? You definitely get demerits for the Colin Warner answer, but <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll allow you to the next round. Okay, okay. Very quickly, though. I, I do want to talk about Pang Up and Owundi, because earlier this year, they were kind of the big signings of our offseason. Because they were the only signings of the offseason. Yeah, it's true. And... They're gone now, and Manny said something to Jeff Ruder to the extent of, well, it was an international spot, and we don't know, you know, it's difficult to justify, blah, blah, blah. You knew all of this when you signed them. I understand why you signed two guys that you want to project everything possible to onto your supplemental roster. I get that. You devoted two international spots to guys that you didn't quite know if they would be worth playing Ever. And then, one of them, you decided, no, he's not worth playing ever. I feel bad. You know who I feel really bad for? Our, our broadcast crew, who stuck their neck out for these guys and went on Twitter and defended them in the barrage of, like, you know, appropriate skepticism that Minnesota United fans were throwing up, which now, in hindsight, was completely justified. And then, you know, Jamie Watson, poor guy, got, like, taken to the cleaners for, like, being... Overly positive. Oh yeah, this guy's gonna be great. He's he's a giant. He's like six four. He, he's really gonna help us out, you guys. Bertrand Wendy Echo didn't play a fucking minute hey, for hey, the hey, loons. Hey, hey, hey. He played against the priest. I was there. Okay. I wasn't there, so I'm not even sure it happened. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we can have a skeptic for balance. Um. <laughs> and uh, I, I will say this though. The two, arguably the two best loons moments, at least for myself, were thinking on this podcast aloud, hey, we should sign Fernando Bob because that's a great name. <laughs> and then Jeff tweets it out that we're actually signing him. That was like maybe my greatest prognostication ever. It, the second part was that little interim after the like dark clouds preseason thing where Chris Wright went up and said, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to be fighting for the playoffs this year and confirmed that a second Cameroonian was coming in. And it was like that week where we didn't know that it was just going to be Bertrand to Windy echo. And we started thinking to ourselves, 
are there actually good Cameroonians that we could sign? I thought we were going to sign Alex Song for like five seconds. Well, the the, the prevailing happen. rumor was a Yaya Banana. <laughs> oh God, then, Yaya then, Banana! That's right. And then I was hopeful that we'd get Sammy and the Jock back. That would have been oh, kind of nice. That would have also been awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, like better than the like hundred and some minutes that Bangup got this year. Which, like, I mean, these guys they tried. You know, I'm not like blaming them, but like, what the hell is Minnesota United doing? <laughs> Anyway, the fact that we gave up Warner, that we gave up Lampson, that we gave up Heath makes me hopeful that maybe we're going to sign guys that are better because like the defeatist like resigned to his fate part of me is like, well, Harrison Heath didn't shoot himself on the pitch. He should probably be a backup right in this team. I mean, so I, I you know, so the, so the fact that they gave him up means that maybe they, they have plans to get someone better. Harrison, he's at least he was a body that filled a spot on the roster that most players can't fill because he's a homegrown player somehow. Still, <laughs> I, I don't understand how. It's it's but, you know you know how like a lot of um, American soccer fans just pretend like they're from England. Well, the league, this team is pretending it's from England, so that's why he's homegrown. Because you know, yeah, something like that. The but, Englishman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Colin Warner. I thought he actually was okay when he was there. He was probably overpaid as a domestic backup, yeah. backup midfielder. I um, mean, Maximiano, like, all right, disappointment. I'm a little surprised because he seemed to have flashes, but I'm not like truly surprised. He, he wasn't. With, he wasn't going to be worth a transfer fee, right? Even Alexi Gomez, like these guys, just wait. You imply that there were flashes for Alexi no, Gomez. No, 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 no. Like, I, I mean to say he was just... You take that huge. shit back. He was just Get not worth it. Get that out of your mouth, not. <laughs> he was just not worth it. But look at all these guys. Like, these guys who, like, we were supposed to get excited for, and, and they're just all gone. Like, you know, we were, we were just, like, like making sense of it all. Being like, Maxi, he's kind of young, you know? Like, maybe he's got potential. We should keep him just because, you know, maybe. And then... He's gone. It's like, nope. Yeah, Eric nope. Miller is still having his contract negotiated, so he might return. We never know. Uh, He's probably coming back. It means Let's that we've, be honest. We've, we've, we've... We traded the savior for him. It's of true. course we're going to make R- that R- deal R- work. R.I.P. R- in peace of pie. Okay. Uh... Eric Miller, uh, basically what it means that he's he's still having negotiated, they've made a bona fide offer for his contract. That's that's what it means that he's still having negotiated. The rest of MLS, though, got a bunch of people. LA Galaxy got Ashley Cole. Okay. <laughs> I thought, you're not going to make an argument that we should go out and sign him on a DP contract. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, Vancouver has cut Breck Shea, which immediately started Breck Shea to Minnesota rumor. Thanks He's to a one. winger. Thanks. He's a winger. Right. He plays on the left. Thanks to it's one, going to happen. Thanks to one Wesley Burdine. So 100% Manny's going to sign him and play him left back behind Ibarra like uh, Jurgen Klinsmann did. You remember that left back Breck Shea? That oh was traumatic. God. I mean, he actually kind of played there a lot in Vancouver because they wanted to get him on the field because they pay so fucking much for him. Okay, for real talk though, Kei Kamara from Vancouver, I, I wouldn't mind. He can score as a substitute. He's tall. He's physical. Like, I think we could we could bring him in and have him as a backup, like Vancouver did. He's expensive, but that's what you that's what you need to do to get someone who's a proven quantity in this league. There's no way that you could continue to pay him a TAM contract. I I would be surprised if MLS would even allow that at this point. He is a free agent. Ozzy Alonso from Seattle has his full free agent rights. That's why he left Cuba is to become a full free agent. He he really was like... After you know, like, what, gr- 11 years in the league? Growing up as a 10-year-old, he always told his parents, he was like, yep, I dream one day of becoming a full free agent in MLS. Was he was MLS even around when he was 10 years old? I'm going to go check um, on this. You keep talking. I think MLS might have been around, but I'm sure as hell that free agency did not exist in MLS until yeah, like he was 2008. 10 years, he was 10 years old in 1995. So. Hey, there you go. Okay. I want to be one of the first free agents. Too bad it took him like Producer six Nick years extra. suggested that uh, Minnesota get Alonzo. Your thoughts? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Ver- get him ver- for ver- a year and figure out a... Maximiano that is actually going to develop into something. 
Well, Montreal are still negotiating with Bakrisania, and they're still trying to find their way to keep their fanny, um, Rod Fanny, that is. And Are they trying to get him to back it up into uh, sticking around? That's what I was trying to look for, and you did it. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Desho Akindele cut from Dallas. Wasn't he the next big thing? Yeah, like, the U.S. went out of the way to get him to play for them instead of Canada, and then nothing happened to him. Yeah, that's... Uh, Kind of sad, actually. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Mike Grella is gone from Columbus. Grella so, I mean, he blew out both his knees. And you guys, I said at the end of last year to you and Caleb, Grella for Minnesota United? And you were like, fuck no. I believe that was the reaction both of you had because he had blown out both his knees. Yeah, I, I was, I'm pretty sure, like, sure, Grella two knee surgeries ago. But he, I, I don't think he's been terrible for Columbus this year when we've actually seen him on the pitch. The few times that he's been on, like he's come on as a sub and hasn't been that bad. So I, I mean, mean, maybe if we can negotiate a salary down, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't waste a re-entry pick on him, but if he slips through, maybe. Also, Ricardo Clark is somehow still playing soccer. I had no idea. And Columbus just got him and he's a free agent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's been a free agent each year for the last like three or four years. Yeah, 13 games this year. Crazy. I remember thinking of Ricardo Clark getting substituted in 20, like the 2010 World Cup. Or was it 2006? I can't remember. One or two. But God, it might have been 2006. Yeah, seriously. That's weird. Uh, okay, well, Chicago... Is renegotiating with Bastian Schweinsteiger. Uh, Louis Solnia got cut. Michael Delu is uh, D getting the Lou out of there. I don't know. Um, he's getting flushed down Delu. Oh, that's not bad. I yeah. like that. It's not as good as the Fanny one. I, no, I must no, admit. No, no, no. But, but he, I mean, so far, maybe aside from Alonzo, MLS free agency is not looking that good. There's a bunch of teams that were supposed to announce their cuts today that we were supposed to be able to talk about that didn't do it because they want to make me angry yeah and and just uh for anyone wondering and uh any e pluribus lunum editors listening to this might want to pay attention the teams that to report to the league what they had done today not announce it publicly it's just that now the league knows and that uh, the league can announce it anytime they want the worst part is that Said person running the Twitter account knows that I'm the EPL roster compliance nerd. Like, they know this. Why aren't you our roster compliance nerd? I am. Okay. Allow me to be the roster compliance nerd. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a roster compliance question that producer Nick has helpfully thrown onto our notes, which is, when can we, as Minnesota United FC, start signing players again? Um, That would be following, I believe it's... An hour after the expansion draft. All right. Penciling in calendar event disappointment for that time. All right. Cool. Yes. All right. Done. All right. Cool. Hey, let's now go into a segment that we call the top step. Where we cover the top leagues from America, top soccer leagues, the National Women's Soccer League and Major League Soccer and WSL. Of course, quiet times right now because their season's over. Major League Soccer also relatively quiet. Only two games to talk about the conference final first legs. Yeah, uh, quiet time because we're talking about like two of... Uh, they're close to the biggest games of the year. Yeah, Thursday night is going to be much bigger because it's second leg and all I that. Mean, but don't tell me that that the international break hasn't killed your hype a little bit. It honestly hasn't. I'm in the contingent where I'm like, yeah, four teams I don't care about, one team I actively despise, and the international break. It's like, eh. see, I, maybe I'm a little bit weird, and will mention this in advance of the. Portland SKC game given that those are the two places that I've most recently gone to an away game and have really been impressed by their fans I I like both of them <sighs> all right I know fine. I'm not supposed to like SKC as a loons fan sue me there are rivals Colin okay hey, MLS rivalry week let's I do want to get on to the proposed playoff changes, and this would kind of be a natural segue. But before I get there, let's let's talk about Atlanta Red Bulls. Uh, 3-0 to Atlanta, sending it back to Hudson. Uh, 
with, with a very uphill task for the Red Bulls here. You kind of discussed in our sketch earlier why yeah. why Red uh, Bulls didn't do so well today. Uh, Kamar Lawrence was out with some sort of injury, picked up in training, and as a result, they did not press. They sat back, and it was awful. It was horrific to watch that Red Bulls team try and not be the Red Bulls for 90 minutes. It turns out changing your system uh, for the most important game your t- uh, team has played all year, probably not such a good idea. Someone should tell Chris Armors that. Yeah, and I understand why you would think it's a good idea. Atlanta are really good down the right flank. You've got Franco Escobar, who scored in this game. You have Julian Gressel. Don't change things up that have led you to be the sh- supporter shield winners and win the most points in MLS history. Yeah. Just don't. Well, we'll see what the Red Bulls are able to do in uh, in Red Bull Park. Uh, SKC facing a lot less of an uphill battle when it comes to playing the Timbers in Children's Mercy Park. Still a creepy name for a stadium, by the way. It, it really is. Yeah. By the way, I love how you just completely decided to neglect all three goals that Atlanta scored. I mean, yeah. It, it, they were decent goals. Yeah, Jeff Lorenowitz is... It, that dime that he dropped for Joseph Martinez for the first goal, beautiful. The second goal, pretty solid. The third one, maybe the worst defending that I've seen non-loons in MLS this year. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't, to, to be honest, I wasn't actively like trying to not talk about those goals. I just thought everyone would probably watch these highlights again. There's, I mean, if you haven't, what the hell are you doing? There's two games this week. Just go watch the highlights. Anyway. Uh, I poor- mean, you're probably notch and avoiding everything Atlanta related. True. So. Timbers traveling to Children's Mercy Park after a nil-nil draw at uh, Providence Park in Portland. And this game, uh, your court, I believe, was pretty exciting for a nil-nil game. It it was kind of a slugfest. It it was a very chippy game in the first half. Um, There were quite a few chances that they were just snuffed out by the center backs on both sides. It It was pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, just a, a lot of balls flying into the Timbers army from Johnny Russell, balls yep. hitting the post. And Tim Millia, honestly, you know, we were going to talk about Zach Steffen getting an offer from Manchester City. Tim Millia should be getting that offer. Like, dude was a beast again. Yeah, that save at the very end of the game, that probably saved SKC. Because I mean, if they had to not only you know win, but also be a goal ahead. I don't think it would have worked out for them. I'm just surprised he was actually playing this game because today I learned that NASA landed a rover successfully on Mars. And I would have just thought that given how great he is in getting into space, they would have got Timilia to launch that damn rover. So, I mean, dude is a beast. Like watch, watch these highlights just, just to see Timilia going absolutely bananas. Uh, not Yaya banana. Okay. Uh, Portland did have one goal that got called offside. Hey, uh, correctly, by the way. Also, yes. um, we you, should, just, you should probably mention also the Atlanta goal. Oh, there was yeah. that controversy. Yeah, and, um, or the New York Red Bulls goal against Atlanta that was called off, and everybody on Twitter seemed to be arguing yeah. about it for 30 days. Yeah, um, it honestly did feel like 30 days, even though it happened yesterday. Anyway, um, basically, Bradley Wright Phillips scores to level it up at 1-1, but it turned out that Alex Mule was in an offside position and standing in the path of the shot between BWP and Brad Guzan. So, yeah, by the book, it's supposed to be called as offside. Yeah. And if you're saying that VAR should, like, not be used for something like this where you have to come up with an interpretation to say that it's offside... No, he was very clearly in violation of the rules. That That's what VAR is there for. Clear and obvious errors that were not picked up. Well, we should also mention that uh, MLS is mulling changes to its playoff system. They have decided that A, the MLS Cup final will be played before the November international break, which I think would be fantastic. Yes. They also have decided that uh, they want to eliminate the two-legged playoffs for a single leg. What say you? 
I I kind of like two legs, but at the same time, I also like a much shortened playoff season. I would agree with that. It says that this would reduce the matches from six to four, but we're also looking at expanding the playoffs fields uh, from six teams per conference to seven. Which no, yeah, no, I, I think that's a joke. I mean, at that point, honestly, like really, I think that they should just make it a. 20 team elimination or not 20 team uh 28 team or whatever elimination style competition at the end of the season just make it a completely separate cup just make mls a league and that's it like just just do it that way at that point how about take the usl championship teams and mls teams and do the league cup and then do pro rep okay no all right uh, let's uh, move on to talking very quickly about the fact that Zach Steffen might be moving to Manchester City on a seven to ten million dollar deal. This sounds like one of those Mad Libs. Why? Just why? Because uh, Manchester City's backup keeper, whose name is now escaping me, um, Claudio Bravo, Claudio Bravo is injured with a season-long injury, and Pep Guardiola has decided that Zach Steffen is like for like with Claudio Bravo. I I don't I mean, and we're then someone was like, yeah, and then they they're doing this just to give him to NYCFC, and I was like, you can do that for far cheaper than ten million dollars. Yes, you can. Yeah, I don't think Columbus Crew would want $7 million to, for Zach Steffen. I mean, they did turn down $4 million during the summer. I just, okay. All right. Like, well, apparently Mr. Guardiola's intentions were clear. Um, um, okay, well, we're not, I mean, we'll see is, if this happens. Yeah, um, let's hope as USMNT fans that Zach Steffen can't get his work permit because this would be terrible for his development. Okay, let's finish up talking about U.S. soccer in a segment that we call Get Low. Let's get low and get to our wrap-up of U.S. Lower League Soccer. Nippon Chopra from Sock Takes will be back next week with his roundup for you. So we're just going to give you a quick... Quick points. First of all, forward Madison FC of USL League One. Yeah, is that that's D three, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know, I made a sketch making fun of this. I'm actually confused. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, at this point, I've lost track. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So forward Madison. First of all, great name. Like it. State motto: Wisconsin. Second of all, what a great logo. Like everybody that thinks that the flamingo is too much of a joke for the logo needs to go ahead and flamingo themselves. <laughs> well, they're also not from Madison because people in Madison know the 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 like jokey history of the pink flamingo being the official bird of Madison, Wisconsin. And it's a beautiful, distinctive thing. This team is going to be playing in pink. Like, I, how can you dislike that? That's amazing. If you hate fun, you hate the logo. Seriously, they're going to be the team that Inter-Miami... Inter-Miami is, is too big league and too David Beckham-y to really embrace the whole vaporware aesthetic. I think Forward Madison actually does it. Also, by the way, their logo is slightly uh, uh, reminiscent of Minnesota United's with its, like, bars above a bird and all that stuff. Like, I, I And the, the slash through it. I really do think that, that, they've, that they've kind of intentionally gone with something close to ours. Why? Because they're going to be our USL affiliate that they haven't announced yet. Seriously, right? And Peter Wilt. Like, honestly, Peter Wilt. Wilt Boo. It's good. Yeah. Hey, uh, the Chattanooga Grumpy Dogs released their logo, or at least that's what I'm calling them after after seeing that logo. Seriously. Not even angry dog, just grumpy. Yeah, this USL team from Chattanooga. Go see their logo. It's it's like... I don't know. It just every time I look at it, it just, it just looks like I've taken this dog's like cheese, you know. And I'm just sad. It's like, come on, dog. We just went for a walk. Like, why do you want to go back outside? You know. Like, I don't like the vacuum any more than you do. But I have to vacuum the house. My wife actually traumatized one of our dogs with a vacuum once. It was so okay. Bad. This is is this it, a, is this so a podcast amazing. appropriate story? I mean, she just chased after the dog. It it was okay. funny at the time, and then all of a sudden she went ballistic. I thought you were going to go was... in a different direction with that. No. Okay. All right, cool. Hey, uh, we have some nicer news. <laughs> uh, yes, jo- even the joke kind of got old. The NISA apparently still exists, uh, which 
if you've been keeping track, NYSA was a league that was supposed to be D3 to NASL's D2. But then when NASL died, they became a D2 league on their own, but not quite because a lot of the NASL D2 teams that existed decided to go over to the NPSL Founders Cup, which was also known as NPSL Pro. How did they manage to out-confuse USL, by the way? I, I just... I, how how did this happen? How did things get more confusing outside the USL? It's almost like US soccer in the lower leagues no longer makes any fucking sense. It's when to hit all of them with an iron skillet. Anyway, now there is NYSA, which is going to be playing the European calendar from autumn to spring or whatever. And they've plonked a team down in Atlanta. Don't ask. It's not worth it. Uh, and then we have the NPSL Founders Cup, which is a league, but it's called a cup, which is going to have the Cosmos, Miami FC, you know, the greatest hits from everybody's most annoying teams. And then somehow Milwaukee Torrent. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually genuinely excited for Chattanooga FC to go pro, which they have, and they've done really well. So Good for them. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for them to be in the MPSL Founders Cup. I, I just wish that team was in a league that I expect to exist longer than a year. True, but anyway, hopefully they can, uh, you know, uh, use one of their dog whistles and chase the grumpy dogs out of town or something. Is that humane? Are you angry with me for saying dog whistle? No, it's something that they can hear. Right, right, right. Okay, all right, cool. Well, good luck to NYSA. No, no, not, I don't know. Do I care? No, no luck. I just do whatever you want, NYSA. You just there. I don't care. Good luck. More like, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) All right, listener, well, it's time for you to go fuck yourself when we take a break. (laughs) Come back with part two of our show. Don't do that if you're at work. Minnesota United switched digital ticketing and my only reaction was to this was to the desire to start like the opposite of a get off my lawn podcast just like get on my lawn podcast like digitize everything digitize the food you know like feed me food through a fucking wire now in fact let's all just sit at home and put on VR headsets and not even go to the stadium let's all just sit at home Honestly, at this point, I think sitting at home is probably a better use of our time. <laughs> but Well, okay. Uh, speaking of sitting at home being a better use of our time, I felt that way about turning on these two USA games that we'll discuss in a segment that we call... I really thought that we would have got past the sound cue by now. We'd have hired a new coach and that we didn't need to have a sound cue that said the system only dreams in total darkness. Uh, but it continues for the USMNT. Okay, let me just read out the subtitle of this segment. Let's get national and discuss the latest from the United States national teams, which I'm going to talk about the men's team now and getting back to my round from earlier. Why is Dave Sarachan still in charge? Why? Why don't we have another coach? Why are there reports coming out that all these great candidates like Julian Lopetegui, who, by the way, took Spain to the World Cup. And then got fired because he was going to coach Real Madrid because Spain were fucking idiots. Right. And then Spain bombed out of the World Cup. Right. And and, like, and Lopetegui apparently offering his services to the United States Soccer Federation who said, <laughs> don't worry about it. We got this. And didn't even like interview him. I, to his credit, Lobotegu did come out afterwards and said he had not offered his services to any position because why would you want to be the guy that got turned down for the U.S. national team job for Greg Berhalter, yeah. who gets hired because he's his uh, boss's brother? Yeah, that's crazy talk, right? Like, I mean, it would be really embarrassing if you were a world-class coach and the U.S. men's national team said no to you. I mean, like, that would not be possible until there was some, unless someone was really something horrible about you, right? Or well, if things are really that bad at U.S. soccer. Right. Grotwell, because they are. <laughs> Grotwell confirming that Lobotegui's middle person had actually 
told Val about the story, so it is actually a confirmed story despite Lopetegui trying to save face. Anyway, we'll follow this whole Berhalter to United States magic thing that happens. Uh, I will say this. As soon as he gets hired, we need to switch it to Blood Buzz Ohio. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Another national song, and it's one of their bigger songs, and it's a really great song. All right. Uh, England playing USA in Wayne Rooney's testimonial. Uh, Waza almost got a goal at the end. That would have been nice. Waza, uh, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> England getting the three nil win uh, against the United States at Wembley Stadium. I mean, I'm you know I'm okay with our team being a punching bag for a farewell match and whatever. I mean, it's fine. It's not the best thing, but someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be the Washington Generals, and that was us this time. I mean, that's kind of been us for a while. Yeah. Were we the Washington Generals in Cuba? Yeah. And uh, Italy scoring one goal against an extremely young and pretty awesome lineup from the United States. Uh, to be honest, that, that lineup would have had an average age of like 22 or something. Yeah, like, like 22, 22 and a half. Yeah. Something really low. So so that was cool, too. Um, anything else you want to add about these U.S. games? I don't see any point. Ethan Horvath stood on his head and made a bunch of saves against Italy. But yeah, at some point, unless they hire an actual coach like Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, I think as well complained that part of the issue right now is that the national team doesn't have an identity. They're a team that's coached by a guy that's not going to be there eventually. Yeah. And they know it and they're playing like it. Also, Tyler Adams headed to Europe, according to him, after this season is over. Worth noting. Let's now move into a segment that we call the Stiff Upper Leagues. In the Stiff Upper Leagues segment, we talk about land of proper footy, England, and uh, back to Premier League uh, fixtures and uh, West Ham United losing 4-0 to Manchester City. You could say they got whamped. <laughs> this week I wasn't going to make a wham joke and you just you, you went for it anyway. All right. That's that's good. That's good. Uh, You're welcome. Picking up where I let you down. Uh, yeah. Man City Masterclass. All I will say is Pep Guardiola had this quote. I love reading, but I don't read. I start to read. Then I think about Liverpool, Klopp, and then I can't focus. People say I read books. I don't read books. I have a nice library and sooner or later I will read them, but I don't have the time. It me. I don't have the time because I'm always thinking of Jürgen Klopp. That's, That's like a, Caleb impression. Sorry. I was going to say. Uh, hey, let's let's talk about uh, Watford playing Liverpool. Liverpool coming out 3-0 winners. I think it would be a disservice to both Caleb and producer Nick if we didn't discuss them now that they have come up. Uh, Watford were like non-existent in this game. Liverpool were... They continued to be good. Salah's slump continues as he scores again in this game. He's so terrible, isn't he? Really. And Trent Alexander-Arnold had a free kick. Golasso. Every single time that I hear about Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think of that Lonely Island Ross Trent sketch. <laughs> I think about that, like, Arnold cartoon character. Oh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong kind of football head, man. <laughs> Claudio Ranieri won his first game in charge of Fulham. They beat Southampton 3-2. Spurs beat Chelsea 3-1. Nobody won that game. Hey. Nobody wins hey. when Spurs beats Chelsea. David Luiz definitely lost. Uh, apparently, this guy, world-class player, responsible for something like 60% of Chelsea's goals this year. Sign him up for Minnesota United. <laughs> Set him right next to Francisco Calvo as a center back. I think he should just get a haircut and then we can sign his hair and Fellaini's hair and just like stack it on the pitch and uh, better than some of our players. Who have I know cut, I would thankfully. be confused if like a random Merkin was just sitting on the field. Harry Kane had a beautiful long goal, long ball goal. Um, again, David Luiz kind of default on that one. And then the human son uh, Keeps pruning his human, sunly ways by torching Jorginho on the right and breaking into the box and scoring a beautiful goal. Like, seriously, one goal you must watch this week from the EPL. It's Human Son's goal. It was fine. Human Son. 
I think it's been like ages since we made the human son joke. But anyway, it sticks with me. Every time I see his name, I'm just like human son, human son. Anyway, Bournemouth played Arsenal at 7 a.m. on Sunday, a game that I intended to watch but then slept through. And Arsenal coming out 2-1 winners. I feel bad for Bournemouth in this game. Like I, I've liked them since they played Minnesota United. And they also got screwed out of a goal. That was a gorgeous, like amazing first touch goal by one of their defenders. It went straight into well, the net. No, no. I'm talking about the one where they got called offside incorrectly. Uh, right. That gorgeous own goal was like maybe the goal of the year candidate. Like seriously, that was one of the Ferran best own goals I've ever seen. Stood out of his grave and just applauded for five <laughs> minutes, and then he went back to his eternal slumber. Every time they showed an alternate angle, I was just impressed yet again. It's beautiful uh, Lerma angle. So uh, Arsenal is on some sort of record-breaking run that I couldn't find the stats. Seventeen for. unbeaten in all competitions even though they have to go to some random place in the Ukraine where it's about zero degrees right now. Probably get rammed by Russia and taken over, named like Arsenal Ski or something. Anyway, Chesterfield FC have apparently not won a league match in 18, but have drawn their last eight. This means that they are simultaneously on their worst winless record ever and their best unbeaten run for 12 years. I thought that stat was fantastic when I saw it on Reddit. Thanks, Twitter.com, for providing that for Reddit. They are, uh, apparently, by the way, Chesterfield FC is a club that plays in the National League, the fifth tier of English football. I actually have a pretty good side stadium for the fifth division, actually. Yeah, they were in the um, football league proper for quite a while, actually. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's now move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in Brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already this week a packed segment that starts with patrice ever sucking the toes of a chicken wait what you've not seen this you said that this is a packed segment and yet we're talking about patrice Evra sucking on the toes of a chicken i have seen this and it is horrifying i refuse to watch it it is so so horrifying basically unsubscribe from patrice Evra's instagram if you're subscribed to it so you're not subjected to such and i mean he came out later and he was like well maybe i shouldn't have done that but yeah you shouldn't have dude needs like social media like addiction uh treatment or something also anyway. like some antivirals against the <laughs> salmonella he's gonna get <laughs> good thing there wasn't any romaine lettuce stuck in that chicken's leg otherwise good thing it eat. wasn't a turkey right right exactly all right let's talk about bundesliga which it was a very very interesting uh weekend of results uh basically you pink his phone kind of ringing at this point after bayern tied fortuna dusseldorf 3-3 now you might be thinking hmm, bayern munich tied a game what's the problem well the problem is fortuna dusseldorf was promoted this season and is in 17th place in a league with 18 teams where did this game take place uh, yeah, yeah, it took place in, uh, let me see, Munich. What? Yeah, Bayern is really kind of, I mean, they're not shitting the bed. They're just rolling around in stuff that they've already shat into the bed at this point. They're down in fifth place, nine points off Dortmund, who are in first. And uh, Niko Kovac, he's, he's gone, let's be honest. I mean, He's gotta be. Right, this is, like, this, this is not Bayern. I'm loving it. As somebody that enjoys watching competitive leagues, this is fantastic, but what the hell is going on? I mean, last year, I mean, this happened again, and I'm just hoping that this year they don't get a bounce. We've seen Arsene Wenger express his interest in uh, in coaching Bayern Munich. God damn it, don't make me be a Bayern fan. No, no, you don't have to be. You can support Wenger without supporting them. But I'm trying to remember which position uh, Bayern was in when they fired Ancelotti. Uh, I feel like they were even better than fifth. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy that they've they've hung on to Kovac so far. And, and you know, the funny thing about the Kovac story is, of course, that Eintracht Frankfurt, the team that he left controversially last year, which we've talked about on the yep. pod, uh, they're in third place right now. Yep. Above Bayern. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> it's pretty yes, crazy. Yes, indeed. Uh, we should also mention that uh, producer Nick's favorite team, Wolfsburg, got a result versus RB Leipzig over the weekend as well. That was kind of fun to watch. And Dortmund get a 1-0 win over Mainz. 
Paco Alcacer had his deal uh, go permanent. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, so uh, Bundesliga becoming a league that's kind of fun to watch, although this year Dortmund are kind of running away with the title, so maybe it's not so much fun to watch. I don't know, it depends on your perspective. Magladbach, tips for Dora, are uh, in second place with 26 points. Eintracht Frankfurt's third with 23. We should mention in Magladbach's game that Bobby Woods scored the opener for Hanover in the 20th second. What a nice guy. Okay, let's now talk about La Liga, where again, the the uh, hubris, schadenfreude, that's the word I was looking for, schadenfreude, hubris, what am I talking about, schadenfreude, goes on with uh, Ibar beating Real Madrid 3-0 in the first game uh, with their new manager, Santiago Solari, in charge. Or at least as a full-time manager. Correct. Yeah. Yes, he is no longer a caretaker. Uh, I, I think they should switch off the Solari and go to Cole, clean Cole. Dude, you you don't need to continue that denying things that are very real character. Yeah, yeah, I I should leave that behind. Okay, Ramos, apparently, according to Der Spiegel's football leaks, which uh, they've been going on for about a month now, uh, apparently being accused of allegedly, uh, can I add more qualifiers so that we don't get sued on this show, uh, being accused of doping and having a cover-up. You can go read more about that on less scrupulous shows than ours. We have scruples. I... I should mention that our notes about this say Ramos is a dope, according to Der Spiegel. <laughs> Pretty sure that that note came from the 50s. Kike Garcia nearly chipped Courtois in this game. Oh, that would have been gorgeous. And Ivar went up 3-0 by the 57th minute. This was not a vintage Real Madrid performance. Let's just put it that way. No. Uh, in other news, Atletico and Barcelona got a 1-1 tie. And uh, looking at the La Liga standings at the moment, Sevilla continue to be at the top of the table with 26 points. People in Sevilla probably pinching themselves every single day to make sure they are not dreaming. Barcelona in second place, 25. Atletico Madrid in third with 24. And Alaves in fourth with 23. Espanyol with 21 in fifth. And then, then we finally get to Real Madrid with uh, 20 points in 6th place. Is it worse to be 6th out of 20 or 5th out of 18? Uh, I don't know. There's probably math that shows that and probabilities and stuff. So, I don't know. Aren't you like our statistics guy on this podcast? You Shouldn't you be the one calculating this? Um, This is a Word doc. It's not a spreadsheet. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, you're not one of those John Nash types who like converts things into spreadsheets in your mind. Fuck no. Okay, all right. Well, we should also mention that currently Manchester United in England are in seventh place. I do know seventh out of 20 is worse than sixth out of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Personal experience last year, right? Sorry, I had to bring that up. Colin, Colin softly breathing off in the distance. Hey, we should talk about the um, Copa Libertadores drama. If you are not been following South American soccer this year, their big continental tournament, club tournament, ended with a final that is the Super Clasico, which is played between Argentinian clubs River Plate and Boca Juniors. Both of these clubs have had a heated rivalry since 1913, which is the first time that they met. And uh, it's got to the point where away fans are not allowed in the stadium for the derbies. So let's just say things get kind of intense. And the Libertadores uh, first leg was played. I am currently not remembering the score. It was a 2-2 draw. Yes, thank you. And uh, the second leg was to be played at River Plate's uh, stadium, Monumental. And I'm going to avoid making any sort of Monumental puns because that would be a Monumental mistake. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Apologies. I mean, so, there's, we'll talk about how bad that pun is given the circumstances. Yeah, it was a Monumental catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even that shameless not. like. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. It's too easy. I can see why all the other shows are doing it. Okay, anyway, what happens is Boca Juniors' bus heading over to the Monumental Stadium gets into a bit of trouble. They run into some ultras on the main road. Yeah, uh, n- by turning into 
a corner that apparently buses don't typically turn into. And they can't really claim that this was something weird because Bokar also based in Buenos Aires, just like River Plate are. So this, I mean, they've done this before. So somewhere along the way, something went wrong in terms of logistics. Either it was the police support, either it was planning their outs. We don't know. And it, it's, I think it's unfair to point blame at anyone except the fucking idiots who started throwing things at the Boca bus. One of these rocks that was thrown at the bus, I assume it's a rock, it could have been concrete or something else, hit the bus, broke a window which then allowed tear gas and pepper spray to enter the bus and get into the eyes of the Boca Juniors players. Now, typically they tell me that getting pepper sprayed before a a soccer match, a really important one, not so good for your fitness. No, far from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until today. But anyway, so this match, there was a lot of controversy. Let's just say there was four hours of confusion. It was finally called off. There's a bit of controversy because, the you know, it's kind of one of those follow-the-money cases. Infantino and FIFA refusing to allow this match to be postponed initially for sponsorship concerns and stuff like this. It's kind of sad to see human concerns be pushed to the background for money reasons like that. But finally, the, the right decision being made... Uh, initially, the claim being made that the, the game was going to be played the next day, it wasn't. And currently, a big question mark hanging over all of this. It should also be mentioned that in addition to the bus, there were some other kind of sad scenes of violence between police and supporters. There was a mother famously captured on video sticking firecrackers into her small child's like uh, pants to like sneak them into the stadium. Uh, this person has now been arrested. This is just a lot of kind of regrettable scenes, basically. And I have one point to make very quickly about this that's a little bit local. If your reaction to this is, holy crap, man, soccer support, traditional soccer support is bad and we have to do everything we can in Minnesota to stop this from happening here, I would remind you that there are about 7 million cultural factors that contributed to this. Not the least of which being that this game has been played for over a 100 years. This is a derby that is far more important than anything you will ever experience in your lifetime in terms of Minnesota United. Maybe your children's children will experience a derby that's this important. But I doubt it. Unless there's a freaking Minneapolis and St. Paul team and then suddenly there's a military junta ruling over Minnesota for like, 10 years like that's some of the stuff that contributed to the violence that that you saw on tv and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be concerned about this and yeah we kind of hype up all these like scenes and you know like oh atmosphere and then we kind of decry the violence there's a discussion to be had there but please go easy on your fellow minnesota united supporters this is not like i don't know i i the, you just the, the, there's no comparison between Minnesota and the Super Clasico in Argentina. That that doesn't provide enough cover for how bad those scenes were, though. Oh, oh, well, yeah, they were yeah. horrible. I'm not saying that they were bad. I'm just saying that there, I, I've seen some people exploiting this to kind of make a point about Minnesota, and that's just. Uh, also, by the way, I I will say that those those people also have something very much in common with the people that they hate. They both don't seem to understand where scenes like this and hashtag atmosphere come from. They, they they try to manufacture something that they don't truly understand. The the folks on the other side of that argument, um, and it doesn't really come out authentic at all. And um, anyway, yeah. Just More a lot of the stuff. story. Produce atmosphere that doesn't include tear gas in it. Yeah. Also, don't break buses. That's bad. I don't like that. Also, don't don't put deceptive slogans on the side of budget buses. You might lead to two years of major national crises and a hung government that's unable to decide whether or not to leave the European Union. So, yeah, that's that's bad too. Are you saying that Boca Jr. should? Kanma Blexit, hey, the competition. You know, funny story based on that, which is that the Italian city of Genoa has offered to host this match. The problem being that that then brings up conflicts, as you were talking about Football Weekly, actually, they bring up conflicts about uh, the opposition to a La Liga game being played outside of Spain. Because if, if the South American Cup competition can be played outside of South America, you know, and I should also mention, this game has a time limit, which is that the Club World Cup needs to have a, the team that wins 
this turn, this uh, this final in it, and that's coming up pretty quick here. We should also mention the fact that Comnable's preferred, or at least one of the Rimmer preferred locations, is actually Miami rather than Genoa. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, anyway, I just hope these two teams are able to meet and play peacefully. Or if if not. I, I really think this is a situation where the River Plate fans have kind of dug their own grave and Comnabol does need to make a decision. They did do that a se- several years ago when Boca Juniors fans were involved in some violence. Boca had to forfeit the game and I think the same might be appropriate here even though that might actually maybe even lead to more violence. So who knows? It's a very complicated situation and it's very hard to make any sort of blanket judgments um, related to it. There's, again, a hundred years of history involved here that we're talking about. It's not easy peasy. Uh, yeah, I mean, these people live and breathe football and it's we're, we're never going to experience anything like that in Minnesota. Like, we, we just aren't. I'm sorry. We will never discover anything like it in our lifetimes. All right, thanks for nodding along with me when I said that, Colin. Uh, appreciate you letting me rant a bit. You're welcome. Uh, there was a referee who got suspended in the English Super League. This is the top division of women's soccer in England for doing rock, paper, scissors to decide who kicked off the game when he found he didn't have a coin and apparently bringing the game into disrepute. I would disagree, but... Uh, it's, it's, you know, you gotta, you know, he could have delayed the game by asking for a coin. Although, kind of, you wonder why he didn't just walk to the sideline and ask anybody in the crowd to just pass him a coin. I mean, English fans have a lot of issues of throwing coins on the field. Oh, and I had a referee. Yeah, okay, maybe that yeah. wasn't such a bad, good decision. Okay. Well, anyway, this guy's never gonna forget his coins again. And, yeah, um, final segment, yeah. Alright, let's move into a segment that we call... Soccer things. Where Colin dips into the deep, dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So you know who we didn't mention getting um, left off of roster announcements for Minnesota United? Our good friend Sam Cronin. For some strange reason, he was neither um, listed as having his contract be expired his option declined, anything like that. He also was not listed on the current roster, and yet his name is actually still listed on Minnesota United's roster itself. Why exactly is he in this level of purgatory? I wonder. Except, having watched a really excellent program on Amazon recently called Forever, it's this show with uh, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen, where essentially they die, and yet they end up in like suburban Riverside, California, living out their lives in what's supposed to be a life of no want, all pleasure, and all that, except for it's really boring because you're in Riverside. It's, it's this strange and wonderful meditation on purgatory. Which is where I believe Sam Cronin is right now. Recall a few weeks ago when we discussed the idea that Sam Cronin was accidentally murdered at the Denver airport by members of the Illuminati. Guess who also dies in a place related to an airport? That's right. Maya Rudolph's character in Forever dies when she chokes on a macadamia nut while sitting in first class on a plane to Hawaii. So why exactly would Sam Cronin not be listed? It's because we don't exactly know where he is. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he's alive. He's actually in this weird kind of nether region. Unfortunately, it looks a lot like Riverside, California. Just kind of an ugly place but they do have shuffleboard. (laughs) See, when you said purgatory and then uh, that you'd watched a show online, I thought you were going to go for the last, the last, the the last kingdom on Netflix, which I just watched season three, where one of the the central plot points is that a character gets a Viking character gets killed, but without a sword in hand. So he's in the Viking purgatory called uh, Nihilum or something close to that. And to get him back, 
he has to have his killer be killed with a sword dipped in the blood of one of his siblings. So I thought you were going to say that Sam Cronin's injurer, which would be whatever causes concussion, would have to be injured by a foot that was dipped in the blood of one of Sam Cronin's family members. You think that you. could work? You. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, why- too, too much family member blood. I'm sorry. All right. Well, with that, it's time for us to end this episode. Where can the good people find you on Twitter, Colin? Uh, you can find me at the attachment. Uh, you can find some of my writings over at epluribuslunum.com. You can find Caleb Olson at kolson716 on Twitter. Is it it's 716, right? Not 763. I don't know why I have 763 stuck in my head right now. Maybe because it's a local area code. Who yeah, knows? exactly. Uh, and you can find his writing at 55.1. Same place you can find this podcast. You can find me at TW United Fans. We Call It Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Thanks, Tectonics, for the use of their song Lustless as our theme music. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. SoundCloud also one of the places you can subscribe to this podcast. And this also includes uh, fine podcast providers everywhere. We Call It Soccer is on all of them, so subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. We always like having new listeners. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week. Shame, no sense of justice.